But anyway, six weeks, the, the previous six weeks, we had looked at uh, our, our six values demonstrated here beautifully on the wall. Uh, and so those images all uh, were, were done a number of years ago by the wonderfully talented Grace. Thanks, Grace. What, are you looking credit for something else? All right. You just put, you just like, you just, you just get credit for anything, don't you? Um, yes. So anyway, uh, just over the last number of weeks, I've uh, just been um, seeing if there's a way of us, like, putting something on paper that we can all, uh, that we can all engage with, that we can see our values um, physically uh, and our vision right at the center of that. And um, so I drew this for you a couple of days ago <laughs> and I thought I would start off with showing you this drawing. Let's go really quick. The problem is if we go quick. So anyway, this, is, this has become really important for me over the last number of years, this triangle. And uh, does everybody see that that's a triangle? Everybody, we're all on the same page. Um, so this has become really important for me, this triangle. This is one of the areas, this is one of the things that I go to all the time to make sure that life, just my own personal walk with Jesus is in balance. And so it's this, it's this up, in, and out. And, I, and I've just been, I feel like I've been walking long enough with Jesus to now know when I, my life is just out of balance. And so our up that we're going to look at is our relationship with God, loving God, loving one another is our in, like how we love, how we love in here, like it's a sign of how we love him. Like don't say that you love him if you're not loving one another. Like that, that has to continue to challenge us, that very uh, that very thought. And then we've out. We have out. How are we loving the world? And there's those three things. That Those are the three simple things, I think, that we have been called to as those who are following Jesus. Relationship with him, relationship with one another, and relationship with those that make up our communities. And so if I, am, if I become really aware, if I become really, like, hard to live with, if I become really grumpy, if I become really agitated towards my children or my wife, oftentimes it's because something is out of balance. Or most probably most often it's the up relationship. If something is if something is missing up, it affects it affects my engagement with the one, with one another, and that often affects my relationship with those in our community. And it can work it can work either way. Like there's times where this, or times where our relationships with one another, there could be tension, there can be frustration, stuff that we need to bring out into the open. And whenever that, whenever there's, whenever there's distraction there, that, that automatically affects the relationship up here. And it actually loses integrity to relationship out the way as well. And then if we're, if we're, if we're lacking in the out, like if we're not getting that right, like what are we doing? <laughs> Like honestly, if we're if we're spending all our time worshiping and loving each other really well, 
but it's having it's it's like there's no engagement. We're seeing nothing happening among our neighbours and among our community. We're we're off balance, and so this triangle for me becomes really important personally. But I think it's really good for us as a church. Really good for us to work out how healthy we are. It's really good to work out like where where do we need some like where do we need some where do we need to give some attention to. This has become like a gift to me. Like, are you all with me? Does this make sense? Um, and so, so as, I, as I've engaged with this triangle and we begin to put down our, our, uh, our six values, if we can do this first, we'll go for red. The vision, which I want to put right in the middle here. This is our vision. Transformation, personally. My, honestly, my heart for each one of you in this room is that all of us would just experience personal transformation. We would know what it is, as Paul said, to be, as we behold Jesus, as we get a glimpse of Jesus, that we would, we would be transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. That's my deep desire for each one of you in the room this morning. We're also wanting to see. We're also wanting to see transformation. Oh, what happened? I promise you, this is transformation. Um, so we're looking at transformation within our within here, and we'll we'll look at a couple of verses in a moment, and we're also looking at transformation outside of here. This is the vision. The vision is transformation. The vision is that Jesus would so captivate our lives and our hearts that everything would be transformed. Everything would be changed. Nothing would look the same because we've caught a glimpse of Jesus. We've beheld his glory, as Paul said. And John spoke about it often enough in his gospel. Like, behold him. He's, behold Jesus. Take a look. If you get a glimpse of him, nothing will ever be the same again. Transformation is what we're, what we're living for. Transformation is why we're here. Like it's transformation that, that causes me to, like, to be enthused as we gather on a Sunday morning. It's transformation of this community that, 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 is, that has us like, on our knees longing for his wisdom, longing for his direction as we, see, as we look to see what we do upstairs. It's not to fulfill a program. It's not to give people more stuff to do. It's for the transformation of a community, for the transformation of one another. Like that's what we're doing it for. And so the six values, I think our six values are going to really help us, are really going to help us in that fueling this vision. I think that our six values are going to be the thing that we can use to measure where there is transformation or lack thereof. Um, and so our values are, so anyway, they're not, so our values up here, the up is our scripture here. And if you come back round to our in, we've got our identity. Come back round to the out, we've got our missional, our outward focused. Come back up again, presence. Background again, the presence, uh, sorry, presence at the up, love over here, and then in our out is our everyone, every day, 
everywhere. Have you just caught enough to know what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're wanting to present this morning? And so let me really quickly use these, these, these few verses of transformation so that you know this is not just us trying to make up a nice little triangle to try and be clever. Because clearly there was nothing too clever about that triangle anyway. But Second Corinthians chapter 3 is where I've already read from. In fact, the verse before that is beautiful. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There it is. That was, that was, I was hoping it was going to be neater than that when I did it live. But that's good. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate that. So verse 17, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17, is a, is a beautiful verse for us all. I think it's really important for us even this morning. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if he's here, if he's here, there's freedom. Verse 18 says, And we who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. That's what, that's what we're after. That's what personal transformation looks like. And maybe for some of us, that just seems so unattainable. The thought of us being looking like Jesus. But that's what happens when we behold him. That's why we've given so much time to this prayer course. That's why we're given time just to wait upon him, to remain in his presence. Because I'm convinced that once we begin to learn to wait, once we learn to remain, as Joshua did, Exodus 33 tells us that Moses left, Moses left the tent to go back to the camp, but Joshua remained. Because it's where the presence of the Lord was. And Joshua remained. And Joshua made a point of consecrating himself before he did anything. He made a point of remaining. He made a point of consecrating himself. And as, he, and as he got a glimpse, as he beheld the glory of the Lord, he was transformed into his, into his likeness. Let me, let me read Ephesians chapter 4. Again, it's a, it's, for me, it's my favorite letter of Paul's. And I love the whole of chapter 4. He reminds us, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of who you were called. Or through the bond of peace, sorry. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And I hope the guys don't mind me saying, but like as I was listening to their testimony of the kindness of Jesus, healing them physically, it was because I'm convinced of this, they'd made every effort to maintain the unity through the bond of peace. They gathered together as a group of people. Living in community is a really, is, it's a blessing to live in community, but it's also a challenge to live in community. And so to gather, and I, and I, and I so appreciate these guys for the lesson that they taught me. They made every effort to maintain unity through, um, through the bond of peace. 
And then there's this reminder that there's one body, there's one spirit. We've been called to one hope. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But I got sidetracked. The, our, the transformation that we're looking for within, within the body of Christ, within the church, is for me found in verse 11 of chapter 4. He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. And here's this beautiful line, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Jesus. That's what we're after as we meet together. Like, we're not doing this to fill a Sunday morning. We're doing it because, because Jesus, he, he ascended to the highest place and he descended to the lowest place and then he's filled absolutely everything. And because he's filled everything, then he, because of his commitment to partnering with us, he has given us the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher in order that we would all, the point is that we would be so transformed as a body, as one body, that we would attain the measure of the fullness of Jesus. And it's really simple for me. Do you know the reason why I still think the, the apostle and the prophet is for today is because we still have not attained the full measure of Jesus? Like we're, we're not at that place that Paul said, this, is, this has been given so that we would attain unity of the faith, it had been given so that we would become the wholeness, the fullness of Christ. And so we still have not got there. And that's why I'm convinced, as simply as that, there's lots of other reasons. But as simply as that, from this verse, this has been given. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd and teacher has been given for the transformation of the body, the transformation of the church. So we would look more and more like Jesus. And then a couple of verses here, and as part of our heart to see, our vision to see the community transformed, um, a couple of key verses for me that I've been meditating on over the last number of months. Um, first of all, is in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 10. We spent some time, whenever we were still down at the, at the I forgot the name of it, the recreation center. Um, it wasn't even that long ago. Recreation center. Uh, we, we, went, we took a few weeks just looking at this idea uh, that the, proverb, the Proverbs teach us that uh, whenever the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. But, it was this, but it's the idea of that Hebrew word that we looked at, the Sadikim. When the Sadikim be who they're supposed to be, then the city rejoices. And this, this Hebrew word Sadikim was, was, was a similar word to the New Testament, to the Greek word ecclesia, where we get our word church. The people called out for the welfare of the place to which they were called. The Siddiquim were a called out people for the welfare of the community. And so that's why, that's, that's why we're after personal transformation and that's why we're after transformation of the church. Because whenever we be, whenever we be the Siddiquim, the ecclesia who we have uh, been called to be then the city rejoices 
the community rejoices when we be the called out ones that he has longed for us and mandated us to be. And then we have Jeremiah 29, maybe more, more known than the Proverbs 11, but Jeremiah 29 is the call to those that have been, to find themselves in exile. Those that find themselves in the minority, and maybe for some of us, we feel like that. For those of us following Jesus, we maybe feel where our, what's going on culturally that we are now in the minority. But the word I think for, for to the people, to the children of Israel is the same for us. That you would seek the welfare of the place to which you're called. The place to which you have been called into exile, you would seek its welfare for in its welfare you will find yours. And that's why we're looking to see this community transformed. We want them to experience Jesus, but we're also, I also believe that as it prospers and it flourishes, we all flourish. And so we, uh, again, to look at this idea of the scripture, um, our identity, our mission, presence, love, everyone, every day, everywhere. It's all, our values are all about Jesus. See, the scriptures point us to Jesus. Our identity is co-heirs with him. Our identity is that we, we are seated with him in heavenly places. Still not fully sure what that means, but that's what we're told. We, we are seated with him in heavenly places. Because of Jesus, our identity is completely transformed. We are now sons and daughters, co-heirs with Jesus. Our mission we're missional because the love is the love of Jesus that compels us. It's the love of Jesus that compels us. The presence is because we just want to be with him. We recognize that the disciples, Mark 3 tells us that before they were even sent out, Jesus called them just to be with him. And then he modeled this lifestyle of just going off to be in the presence of his father. Even when it was busy, even when there was lots to be done, there was lots going on, Jesus made a point of slipping off to the solitude, to the silence and remaining at times all night long just to be with, just to be with the Father, just to be with him. And so it's the model of Jesus, it's the presence of Jesus that, um, that we're after. Love because he, because God so loved that he gave and that's the, that's the challenge for us. We live this life self-sacrificially. It requires our all. I think I, at the start of the year, I confessed, I apologized to you if, we've, if you feel like we've set the bar too low. It requires our all. We have no way around it. That's why like, I try to be cautious with my language so I don't upset anybody or offend anybody. But what's the point? Because it requires everything. There's no, there's no other way. There's no other language I can possibly use. Jesus has said it often enough. Deny yourself what this life is going to look like. What, what, what personal church and community transformation is going to look like and what it's going to require is your absolute all. It's going to require you taking up your cross, denying yourself, laying everything down for the sake of Jesus. And our everyone, every day, every word is because it was the mandate of Jesus. 
It was his mandate that he would that he would send us out, every one of us, no matter who we are, no matter how long we've been following him, or the mandate is the same that we would be sent. We're all in in one way apostolic because we've been sent. We're sent ones. And he sent us in order to affect every area of influence. Whether it's just in your home, not actually take that word just out, forgive me for even using the word just there. Whether it's in your home, which is incredibly important. In fact, if it's not being done there, you need to ask yourself some really hard questions. Um, He sent us out in order to affect every sphere of influence, every place of influence, all of the time. And so everything, all that we're doing, like it's, it's, it's as simple, it truly is as simple as that. Like sometimes we can do, even within, the, within the, our kids' environments, if they're not sure of the answer, put your hand up and just say, Jesus, the chances are you'll probably get it right. <laughs> and as we look at all of these values, as we look at our vision, like honestly, if you're not sure, if you're not sure, if you put your hand up to one of the values or what the vision is and you say, Jesus, the chances are you're going to be pretty close. And so we behold him, I'm finished. We, as we behold him, as we get a glimpse of him, everything changes. And so this is the question for me. Like this is the question that, that has, it doesn't haunt me, That's not, that is not the right word at all, but it does provoke. It does provoke, as I think of so much of what I've said this morning. The question that, that I'm left with at times, in spite of the, the nice diagram and trying to fit this on in nice and neatly. The question is, is he enough? The question for me, is he worth it all? Because I think how you answer that question, it, like it, it'll impact everything. It'll impact what you give your time and your energy and your attention to. It'll change what you give your what you give of your time, your treasure, and your talent. We're not doing this for we're not doing this for the sake of building a brand or improving a reputation. Like anything that I'm saying here this morning, and anything that I would will ever get right is because Jesus has so gripped my heart. Jesus has so caught my attention. And any time, the only way any of this ever makes sense in my head or in my life is whenever Jesus, whenever I've said, whenever, I've, whenever I'm the most confident that he is enough and that he is worth it all. And I truly believe whenever, he, whenever we say yes, whenever we give our full yes to he's worth it all, like honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm confident you begin to see your life transform. You begin to see this place transform. We'll begin to see this community transform. So, Father, uh, I pray that whatever I've tried to articulate today, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and you would just bring revelation and you would bring real challenge. But, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're kind enough and that you're generous enough not just to bring challenge but you bring challenge alongside an invitation. 
And I thank you to, even today as we worship that you just would challenge me about, about how willing I am to remain. You don't leave me in a place where I, where I, where I have to feel guilty because you invite, your invitation is just to come deeper. Your invitation is just to come hungry. Your invitation is just for those who are thirsty that, that you'll be filled. And, and so, Father, I just pray that wherever we find ourselves today in this journey of following you, God, that regardless of all that we've heard or absorbed, the question that we hear is, are you enough? Are you worth it all? And how we answer that question affects, will affect abs absolutely everything. Our home life, our workspace, our school, our marriages, our parenting, everything. So God, I just pray you'd be so kind just to continue to gently challenge and lead. Thank you for your love. Your love's so amazing and so divine, which demands our soul, our life, our all. Jesus, we love you. Amen.